Thanks for listening to this message brought to you by Cornerstone Christian Church. For these and other great resources, please visit us at sparkswillfly.cc. Pastor John, I guess you figured out it's not here this morning. Him and Kat and the family's having some good time. And I think up in Helen, Jordan, Jordan, Georgia. Never been to Helen, Jordan, y'all. But uh, I think he was he- headed to the Dillard house today. Anybody been to the Dillard house? Good place, isn't it? Good food. He was going to hunt some lake up there. So you know John. He said, now I like Pigeon Forge and it's commercial and all, but I'd rather be in a small town and them old towns there and got some rivers and lakes and Maybe that's just Pastor John and the family, amen? But um, just want to talk to you for a few minutes this morning, and and I want to talk to you about hidden treasures. I feel like that was my assignment today, hidden treasures. And Father, we just thank you for today. We thank you for your anointing that makes preaching and teaching effective, Father. Holy Spirit, we just say you are welcome in this room today. We just say your kingdom come, your will be done in this service as it is in heaven, Father. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for coming today, doing all that you can do in Jesus' mighty name. You know, the older I get, you know, and now been through all kinds of storms and been through tragedies, you know, all kinds of trials, tests. I'm sure many of you, everybody in here has been through all that, you know. And the older you get, you know, you realize the more that... uh, that you need people. I mean, when you were younger, you felt like you might have not needed a whole lot of people. You know, the Bible says that, you know, a friend loves at all time. A friend was born for adversity. I remember when I first started preaching, I, I said something that was anti-Bible. Imagine that. But I said, I was born for adversity. You know, and it did a little shake, you know, like, I'm ready, you know. And before long, you figure out, you're not ready for adversity. You're tired of adversity. Anybody tired of adversity? But what, it, what you figure out is it's good to have people around you. It's good to have the family of God and friends. Somebody that you can draw on in times uh, of trouble. Like anybody ever had to draw on somebody beside me. Amen? But you realize in life that friendship, relationships with other people is far greater than anything that your dollar could ever buy you. Amen? Socrates said, there is no possession more valuable than a good and faithful friend. And those friendship doubles your joys and it cuts your grief in half. Anybody ever had anybody with you? To get the full value out of joy, you must have someone to share it with. The Lord teaches us that two are better than one because they have a good return for the work. If one falls down, then his friend can help him up. But pity the man who falls and has no one to help him up. Him knows one can be overpowered, the Lord said. Two can defend themselves, but a cord of three strands is not quickly broken. So what are you saying about that? Ever, God never meant for you and I to do life alone. He never intended for that. So if you're walking all alone today, all by yourself. That's not God's way. That's the enemy's way. He wants to isolate you so he can annihilate you. Come on. But there's life in the family of God. There's life in you and I coming together this morning. There's so much life in here this morning. In, in every one of you. There, you are a life source to me this morning. 
You're a life source to your brother, to your sister this morning. And God never intended for you to do life alone. You know, the Lord, in it was dark and chaos and the Lord's the one that brought structure and he brought order and he, he said, you know, let there be light and he's the one that created the stars and moon and sun and he's the one that created the vegetables and the plants and the land and the water and the fish in the water and he created everything that you and I would ever need. Everything. From out of nothing came everything. But you know, the Lord... In the last thing that he did, he says, let's get down with the purpose of why I created all this stuff. And you know what the purpose was? It was this next statement. He says, let us make man in our image. Not my image. He says, our image. He says, in our likeness. See, God could have created another God, but he, he didn't do that because he's all God by himself. But what did he do? The next best thing is he created human beings. Why? To have fellowship with you. To have a relationship with you. See, when he created us in his likeness, what was his likeness? He, it, what was his image? In our image, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. It was always more than one. It was community. It was relationship. Not only are you and I to be connected to God, but we're to be connected to each other. It's the way he designed the thing. Amen? And you got to understand, when Adam, all the animals come to Adam and the Lord named him, let him name them. He had the perfect life, it seemed. Everything in the garden was provided for him. He had everything, y'all. Think about it. He didn't have no financial problems. He didn't have no health issues. He wasn't worried about retirement. He wasn't all stressed out. He had everything. But one thing relationship the Lord come and says I see all this is good that I've made but then he said this it is not good for Adam to be alone and then he closed the put him in sleep and took the rib out amen I mean, that's, what, that's what Stanton I don't know if y'all know it or not but that's the line that Stanton used on Abby that got her all giggly you know what it is he walked by Abby and he said baby you are the rib that I am missing. I heard about it. Yeah. No, he didn't do that. I'm messing with him. I got the mic so I can tell him. I heard it like that, but anyway. But you know, the Lord says, there's something missing in your life. And you got to understand, for just a few weeks now, we're going somewhere, just stay with me. You know, Pastor John's been talking about honor. And we could say that we are trying, trying to recreate recreate a culture of honor in this house it's recreate because we used to have it in america it's missing again for the most part it's also missing in the church you gotta understand it's one of the things that helped make america great was how people honored one another boy it's quiet in here and you got to understand, in the kingdom of God, there's many keys that unlocks doors. How many need some doors unlocked in your life? you got to understand, there's many keys in the kingdom. And one of those keys that's been missing is the key of honor. And you got to understand, when the Lord says, honor your father and mother that you may have long life. So if the Lord laid on Pastor John's heart, and he did, he told me at the end of the year, he's telling me to preach on honor. He did me the same thing today. 
And I'd rather preach on a few other things, be honest with you. A little out of my comfort zone. But he, you know why he would tell us to preach on honor? Because he desires to release life to you, more life to you, and in your life and in your family in 2017. That's why. And if you embrace the teaching on honor, then you get to access the life that he's talking about. And honor releases life. So if honor releases life, dishonor releases death. Does that make sense? So you got to understand, honor unlocks gifts in other people that God has sent to you. Get that. Honor unlocks gifts in other people that God sent to you. Why? Because he knew you was going to need them. You ever been in a bad situation, a hard thing, and it's like somebody just walked into your life? And it's just what you needed at just that right time, what was on the inside of them. I have. Ain't going to get no help this morning, I can tell. But the problem today is we live in a society, a culture that is so disrespectful, shows no honor. Get this. We are infiltrated by our music, our media. Our media will build you up, but they'll tear you down faster and think nothing of it. We're infiltrated, you know, with our TV shows, billboards. They totally disrespect, dishonor all, and create distrust in most of those people that are to have authority in your life. It'll show, it'll show a mom and dad being dishonored. It'll show dad not being the one to run the house home. Come on. It'll just disrespect our government leaders, our police, our officials. You listen to some of that music you're teenagers are listening to it's disrespectful a lot of it you can't have that stuff on your head 10 or 12 hours and it running down authority running down your parents talking about the police running down your government leaders talking about women like a dog come on that's what a lot of them listen to now in society and then them take them headphones off and you think you're gonna have any kind of structure or honor in your life it's just not gonna happen like that because they're feeding that thing in them because what you feed, that monster's going to live. Amen? And what you starve to death, that, that's going to get gone. And uh, you got to understand, our young, mature adults have been fed a steady diet of dishonor and disrespect probably more than any other generation on the earth. It's, it's, what, it's what, I mean, every, it's all around. You know, today you got shows like the Bad Girls Club. Who want to be a bad girl? Who wants to marry a bad girl? You know. Naughty brides. Well, that's a good one. About the time she pitched a fit in that wedding gown the first time, I'd been in Montana somewhere. Come on. Bad boys club. Any of y'all girls want to marry a bad boy? Now, how about a good boy? How about a God man? Amen. That's what you want. But see, it seems like in society, it seems like Everybody that gets this wrong, that shows dishonor, disrespect, lives totally opposite from the word they get their own TV show and their voice. It's crazy. It's insane. You know, most young people today, not ours of course, but most in society hate any kind of authority over their life. Heck, most of us adults don't like authority over our life. Come on. We don't want nobody telling us what to do, do we? (laughs) 
See, you got to understand, it's an amazing thing when you get older that you realize that things that seemed so stupid to you back then, they're not as stupid no more. Anybody with me? And my parents started getting real smart about the time I got married and I started having children. They got a whole lot wiser than what I realized because I be calling it uh, what I do. Tell me what I do, you know. And you, you, you start to realize that the boundaries and the limitations that were placed on us were not to punish us, but were put there to protect us because they loved us. Anybody say, anybody say amen to that? So you got to understand, if you're a parent to the young person, the reason I'm on your back, the reason I'm in your face, the reason I'm all up in your Kool-Aid, as you call it, in your grill, it's because I do love you. I do care. That's the truth. Amen? And, and the difference between you and me is, you don't know what can happen, but I know what can happen. We've done been there. Amen? So dad and mom, have, you know, we've come back to the future. Come back from the future to tell you not to live like that. Don't do that. And we hope you'll take our advice, our wisdom, so that you don't have to go and relive our experiences. Amen? See, one of the reasons that we have chaos and we have so much rebellion and, and that is because we have a fatherless generation like never before. Do you understand that in a home, a father brings order? A father brings structure. It's an orderly anointing, if you will. A mother brings nurture, love. In a perfect world, you were brought up in a home that had order, structure from a father, but you also had nurture and love from a mother. That's the best of both worlds. But see, if, you, if daddy abandons his role and goes and leaves home, the order... And structure, for the most part, leaves with him, and all you have is nurture and love in the home. Amen? And what you have to realize, you know, is when they go get a job, and they work there three days and quit. And they say, well, nobody, nobody ever, you know, nobody going to talk to me like that. Talk to you like that. The way your daddy should have talked to you the whole time he was raising you and putting order and structure in your life. So you quit. No order in your life. Because the first time that supervisor manager in the real world talked to you and it don't sound nothing like what your mama talked to you because you don't know about your daddy's voice with order and structure, you can't handle it. So we've got to learn how to honor the order, the structure, where you're working at. Even if you don't like it, I'm going to embrace it and honor it because I know it's good for me. Why? Because when, when I learn how to honor and embrace this structure, this, this order, God from up high will look down, look back there, call Junior out by name and promote me. See, your promotion don't come from the south, east, or west. Your promotion comes from the Lord. So medicine is bad sometimes. Come on. 
but it's good for you. So there's some things you've got to learn. It, it's the father and the mother that we need. Come on, somebody. We can't just be loved all the time. No, somebody got to stand up. We got to have order. We got to have structure in our life. Why? It, it releases peace. The Bible says that unto us a child is born and the government and peace will be on his shoulders. What precedes peace in your life? Government, structure, order. It releases it. What releases chaos? The absence of structure, the absence of all that. Amen? So we, we want to be a people that embraces that. And, you know, honor is an amazing key that unlocks a whole lot of magnificent doors with the Lord. You know, something happens to Jesus that is very disrespectful. And it is met with an immediate results that are negative. I want to show it to you. Mark chapter 6. Let's turn there. Mark chapter 6. You okay this morning? Mark 6. They put that up. We'll read it. Mark 6, chapter one, verse 1. It says, Jesus left there and went to his hometown, accompanied by his disciples. When the Sabbath came, he began to teach in the synagogue, and many who heard him were amazed. Where did this man get these things, they asked? What's his wisdom that has been given? And he even does miracles. Isn't this the carpenter's son? Isn't this Mary's son and the brother of James and Joseph and Judas and Simon? Aren't his sisters here with us? It says, and they took offense at him. You got to understand, Jesus had just, he had just come from here healing Jairus' daughter. A lady with an issue of blood just got healed on the way to a house that a 12-year-old who they said was dead got raised to the dead. This is where Jesus just came from. And he came to, his, it says he came to his own hometown right after this. He just, say he was over here in Lowndes County, just did all them miracles. And now he comes to Cook County, among where he's familiar with his relatives and family. And you know what they were saying? Who do you think you are to come in here telling us how to live our lives? We know who you are. You put your pants on one leg at a time, Hoss, just like we do. Sound familiar? Let's see the results. Verse 4. Jesus said to them, only in his hometown, among his relatives, and in his own house is a prophet without honor. It doesn't mean that a prophet doesn't have honor. It just means in his own hometown he can't find none. Because they're too familiar with you. Amen? You got to understand, so many people today are frustrated. Why are they frustrated? They so many Christians frustrated because you know there's greatness down on the inside of you. You know God's put it in there. You can feel it. You know you call to greatness. And if you don't know, I'm telling you, you're called to greatness, every one of you, that he put it in you before you ever came from your mama's womb. He put a spiritual drop in you of greatness to give him glory and honor. It's in there. Somebody just got to unlock it, if you will. But it's in there. And see, they so many, why are they so frustrated? 
because they don't know how to access or get to that dream that's in the heart. They don't know how to, how to un- get it to unwind in their life, if you will. Anybody ever been frustrated besides me? I used to believe it was impossible. I used to believe I had to pray all the time, God, please let me be in the center you will. Please, God, I'd beg him. Please, God, just the center you will. Junior, go mess it up. And the older I get and I realize how good he is, here's what I realize. If I'm walking with him and I'm doing the best I can do, it is impossible for me to miss his will. Because his will has been tracking me down and looking for me before I, when I got here to earth, it was already had my name on it, honey. And no matter if I go to the left, if I go to the right, as long as I got a heart after my God to repent and walk with him, I'm going to walk slap dab into it because he's going to hit me head on with it. So that's to be a peace and a rest to you. Just walk with him. He looking, he hunting you down. Why? Because he needs what's inside of you to come out because it had a specific design and plan before you ever got here. Amen? For everything in the kingdom of God, there is a key. We're talking about the key of honor today. I want to make the statement. Whatever you honor is drawn towards you. And whatever you honor or whomever you honor, you will have the ability to access what they have. Do you get that? And whatever you dishonor moves away from your life. Whatever you disrespect, you'll never have the ability to access what they got. It's the way the kingdom works. Just the way it is. See, men don't know how to treat women, and women don't know how to treat men, you know. Let's just say that we didn't know Trump was going to be president, okay? Let's say that the candidates were still, you know, doing their thing on TV, trying to get our vote. Let's just say they just so happened to be going down 75 to Florida, and they heard about Sparks, Georgia. And let's say they called Pastor John and said, Pastor John, we know y'all running a whole bunch of people down there. Got a mic, and we'd sure like to stop by and just say a few things, greet you folks, if you all right with it. And Pastor John said, it's all right. Come on by and see us. Talking about honor. The one that walked in the door, and if Pastor John says, arise and show honor, or the one that come up here and got the mic, for the most part, we could probably tell which one of them was the party you voted for and the one that you didn't vote for by the way that we honored them. Does that make sense? And what I'm telling you with the Lord, that is wrong. Because the Lord wants you to honor both. He says, Romans 13 says this. Don't you know that the order and the leadership ordained is ordained of me? See, we think in our picture, all we can see is our little world. Messing with you. But see, what you understand is, you mean you've got a little picture, God got the big picture. Do you understand God could, if he wanted to, let a, a, a candidate go in just for things to get so out of whack and so dark because it's going to fill his church in the future? Do you understand that? He might be working off of a bigger picture than what you and I can see. 
But see, we got to understand, we got to give honor. You know, here's the thing about it. In the South especially, we think that if we, if we don't agree with you, that we can't honor you. That's wrong. I can honor you and never agree with you because of the office that you hold. See, that's the Lord. So from the plumber to the policeman to the president, when they come in, it is a demand on my honor to them. Does that make sense? See, this is pleasing to the Lord. See, we struggle with it. Why? Because we're in, we're in a society that, see, we're confronting this thing that we don't honor no more. We, we're supposed to honor people. We're supposed to honor people. You know, it don't matter if, they don't, if they're totally on a different voting fence. God says you need to honor them, you know. So, you know, I'm, I might not like the way you live your life, and you might not like the way I live my life. I might not like the way you talk to your wife or raise your children and vice versa. But I can still honor you. I can still honor you. See, we're quiet in here. That's why the Lord has us teaching this right here. We're going somewhere. Just hold on. See, we ought to be able to see somebody, and even though we don't like them or agree with everything about them, we ought to still be able as God's children to give them some honor and show them just a little bit of respect. What you won't make happen for somebody else, the Lord won't make happen for you. Amen? Mine is quiet in our Presbyterian church. Amen? All right, we're going to change this topic. We're going to do a different book. Come on, it's going to get better. Amen? So you've got to understand, honor releases life to you. Second, uh, go to Matthew 13. Matthew chapter 13. We'll look at this. Matthew 13, verse 44. You okay? Don't get mad at me. We're going to be all right. We're going somewhere. Matthew 13, verse 44. You there? If you're not in Matthew, just close your Bible. It's first one in the New Testament. Amen? The kingdom of heaven is like treasure. Hidden in a field. When a man found it, he hid it again. And then in his joy, joy of what? Joy of the treasure. Went, sold all he had, and he bought that field. Let me tell you something about the honorable, the honor principle. Everything or most things that you're going to get from God most of the time it's not going to come with your private meeting with Jesus in your little closet. It's not. Sometimes it can, but most of the time it won't. Is it all right to talk to you practical? We always had spiritual so much, we don't know how to practically live out here. Amen? But most of what you're going to get from God is not going to come out of your closet. It's going to come out of somebody that God has placed around you in your life. Most of the time, that's where he's coming from. Anybody ever seen that? See, most things God is going to bring into your life is locked up in somebody else around you. Most everything that you're going to need or God is trying to get to you. Most of the time, 
is locked up in somebody around you. So in the kingdom of God, see, that, you got to understand this. Jesus, you know, we all have gifts. We all have talents. But your gifts and talents are not to be used for you. They're to be used for somebody else. You see, that's why Jesus' message and mode of operation in ministry was what? He came to serve. Come to serve people. Come to share the gift. Didn't do it all on itself. The gift wasn't for him, it was for them. The Holy Spirit is what? In you for you, but he's on you for them. Amen? See, the Bible says our gifts are what? For the edifying of the body. The building up of one another as every ligament supplies. That's how the kingdom works. See, you've got to understand, in the kingdom of God, God has a treasure, but he is always in a field. Get that. God always has a treasure, but it always comes wrapped in a field. Look to your neighbor today and say this. You have a treasure, and you have a field. If your spouse is here, look at them and say, you have a treasure, and you have a field. And I had to buy the whole field to get you. <laughs> Some of y'all are wise, and you're not going to say that to them. Amen. It's the way the kingdom works. See, the kingdom is full of treasure hunters. I've got to understand that. Every field has a treasure in it, but it's hid. Did you hear me? Every field has a treasure, but it's hid. It's the way God designed it. It's hid so that the casual passerby can't get the treasure. See, ever want to use a field with a treasure and the casual passerby, they can't get you treasure. Does that make sense? See, the treasure is hidden attitudes in the field, other people, that you and I don't like. It's hid. Behind all that stuff, it's hid. It's hidden attitudes you don't like. It's hidden behaviors and personalities that you and I despise. It's hidden stuff and people that you don't agree with. There's treasure. But God hid it from you. <laughs> he hid it in personality quirks that annoy you and I. Hate it. And most of the time, what are we doing in the South? Get out of my face. You're in my space. See ya. Idiot. Bump ya. And we can't get to the treasure that God sent to us for all that field that we're having to deal with. Anybody beside me? <laughs> God always has the treasure in the field, but I've got to learn how to dig it out if I'm ever going to get the treasure. See, God took something precious. And he took it away in every human being. He took it in there. He put it in there. 
And I can't be casual about you if I'm ever going to make a withdrawal on your treasure. It's got to be on purpose. Some of you like, what do you say? See, ladies, when you married that man, you married the whole field. <laughs> you're not seeking the field. I get it. You're seeking the treasure. But you had to marry the whole field to get the treasure. Sir, so when you married her, there's treasure in there, but you, got it. you had to buy the whole field. And in the field, you got to deal with her baggage. She got to deal with our baggage. You got to deal with her past, and she has to deal with your past. But somewhere behind all that dirt is a treasure worth selling out for. And he had to let the man get so close to the woman that he saw something that he was willing to lay his life down. Because he knew there's something in this one. There's something in there. It's called treasure. Amen? So you got to understand, sometimes God gives you friendships with a purpose of knowing if you can get past the field, you can get the treasure. God will always show up in somebody. Your boss has a treasure, but he's also got a field. Amen? Your children have a treasure, but they also got a field. Your political leaders, all those in authority, every human being has a treasure, they have a field. Get this. Your pastor, your leadership, your favorite preacher, they all have a field and they all have a treasure. Amen? You got to understand, God loves taking the uncommon treasures and hide them in common people he loves taking the extraordinary gifts and talents and putting them in just ordinary people God always hides greatness in weakness he loves to hide greatness in the ordinary why because if greatness comes out of greatness nobody is surprised but when greatness comes out of weakness everybody praises God there's greatness in you today. See, the fact is for you to love all of me, to get the best of me, the only way you're going to get the best of one another is if you love one another. Amen? See, the problem with society today is they'll give away their treasure without requiring anybody to buy their field. That's the problem. You don't give away your treasure for free. You make them buy the whole field. Amen? As long as someone can get your treasure without you requiring them to buy your field, they will. See, some people don't get the best of me. Why? Because they hadn't watched me my whole life. They hadn't watched me fall and stumble and get back up. But my close ones have. They've seen it all. The good, the bad, the ugly. 
That's life. We all got some good, bad, and ugly. Amen? You got to be able to deal with the field to get the treasure. And to deal with the field means sometimes you're going to get too close to one another. And can you see my weaknesses and see my dirt and still believe that the Lord can use me? That's what we have to do with one another. Because a lot of people, they see a little dirt, they just write your tail off. Done. See ya. And you're going to miss the treasure, the very answer that God might have had coming to you with your name on it wrapped with a bow. Because you didn't like what they said, how they dressed, what they did, how they imagined. And God had them wrapped, hid in a field with your name on it. Including myself. I've rolled a bunch of people off in the past. Anybody beside Junior? That if I had to just slowed down. You say, you know what? I, I, I don't agree with that, and I don't like that. But now this stuff right here, this area right here, whew, y'all got it going on. And if I could have honored that, life would have come to me in that area. I could have accessed that treasure. But because I wrote them off, because they wasn't exactly like me or thought just like I did, I missed the treasure. Does that make sense? See, that's us. Well, I don't like the way you do that. I can't honor you. Honor, they might not be honorable, but you can honor because honor is your standard. Honor is my standard. Honor ain't got to be their standard. Honor's got to be mine and your standard to access the life, the good treasure that flows out of them, and the Lord will honor you. I'm convinced that most, if not everything, that you and I need is already in this room in here. See, these people over here, they need what's over here, and you over here need what's over here, and I need what you got, and you might need what I got. It's the way he designed the thing. See, what we've, you know, the, the test is this. Can I see your flaws, your dirt, your mess, and be unmoved and still know he's got a treasure? See, most people can't. We hadn't. Just write them off. You know, what we've done in our churches is, you know, we want to see your treasure, but we don't want to see your field. Church ought to be the safest place to come in here and show me your dirt and your field amongst brothers and sisters. It ought to be. See, when we get in church, we can't expose our field because they won't receive our treasure. I'm telling you, that's wrong. That's wrong. Some people say, never trust a man that doesn't limp. Your friendship will be better if you've gone through some, your best friend's been through something with you. It means more to you. You know? You want to get your family closer, take them up there and, you know, go, you know, whitewater rafting or something, have a near-death experience, and you'll all be closer the time you get to the bottom of the hill. 
Pastor John, I just had a funny thought. He called me last night. You know what he said? Junior, you know of any good hotels up here? I said, where you at, John? He's serious. He said, well, I had a nice cabin on top of the mountain, but the bears kept coming after me, and I just had to go hunt a room. He said, I know your story. I said, John, that's not right. That's below the belt there, brother. He said, a good friend always knows his friends. So he's he being funny, you know. That's a whole other deal. Lord, they got any worth talking about. Amen? Cost me a bunch of money. I went on a vacation. I got to tell it. Stanton said tell it. But I got a view. Hey, John's out. He can get all this back, okay? We're just family in here. We all right, okay? But you know what? And, and truth is, we don't need to just be starchy all the time. We need to relax and be family because in family we laugh, we cry, we have all kinds of emotions together. Some of them more than we want, amen? amen. But anyway, got to get back on track. I'm in a mess. But see, I wanted to show my family a big old nice cabin one time. So I go on the internet. And I found this one. I called this place. They had 450 cabins. I said, I want the highest one on the mountain because it's got the best view. And I want to hang offside that mountain with a hot tub looking down the valley with all them trees. I got there. I got it. It's just straight up, 6,000 feet in an old Crown Victoria. You know what it was? Crown Vic. Somebody give me a car one time. 7,500. It wasn't much, honey. It wasn't four-wheel drive. And in roads, it's from here, here's a ditch here, and here's a ditch here, and that's your road. Two-way traffic coming up and down the mountain. So I'd go to all them shows at night, get out of there at 10, 11 o'clock, and I got to head up the mountain where the fog coming in. It's dark. It take me 20, 25 minutes to get up to my cabin. I hated it every night. So every night, this cabin's two-story, has, has no curtains in it. All windows. And right in my bedroom on the second floor is the highway coming right there. Cars come right by, and I can see their car. I ain't got no curtain, no sheet, no nothing. It's huge. I'm trying to figure out, you know, you laying in bed with your wife, and whoop, you know, man, huh? make sure you're covered up. Ain't walking across the room, you know what I mean? I don't know how we got off on this. This ain't nowhere near nothing. But I kept hearing things come down and hit the cabin every night. And when I was raised by my mom and daddy, we used to go up to the mountains, and they'd have a bear, and them bears would roam, and they'd be sticking up out of them trash cans hung, eating something. I grew up like that. Lived in Dalton. We three hours from the mountains. So all I thought, it took me back to my childhood by that second, third night. I had trash cans outside. My driveway, when I got to my cabin up high, the driveway went like this. It's all gravel. So for me to get out there in that Crown Vic, I had to spin them wheels and fly that gravel because I didn't have asphalt to get back up the arch. Pray the car didn't run hot. Lord's brought me a long way, Okay. So we lay in there one night. It's two in the morning. I keep hearing them things hit this thing, and I swore, God, I got bears outside. And I hadn't got no gun. Got my family in here. I'm trapped. The trash can's between here and the car. 
and I lose it. Fear kicks in. Two in the morning, I wake up. Wife, I wait. I go to holler. Amanda had company with her. Up, everybody, get up! I go. Hurry, get up. We're leaving now. Why are we leaving? Just trust me. We are going to the car. When Daddy opens this door, run to the car. Don't look back. Just run. Got them in the car. I think we got bears around the house, y'all. And they can smell us humans. They go come through that window. I ain't got nothing to fight him with. It's two in the morning. So I go down, man, I'm in a mess. I go down the mountain. John did this. He's the one that did this. But I go down the mountain and hunt me a hotel. It cost me so much money, that trip. We would go to the shows, go spend the night in the hotel the rest of my week, and then at 9 in the morning, we headed up the mountain just getting the hot tub. I ain't even sure I can save it now. I don't even know where we were. But you got to understand, there, there's a treasure in the field. <laughs> Man, don't talk about my issues. Amen. If you get close enough to me, pray for my issues. Get in the ditch with me. Help me figure out my issues because I know there's a treasure and greatness on the inside of me. I just need somebody to help me pull it out. See, some people love to put you down to other people because it makes them look better. It should not be that way in the house of God. It should not be that way with brothers and sisters. And we've probably all been guilty, amen? So we pray, Lord, help us do better. But see, a lot of what you're trying to access, anybody want to go to the next level in 2017? Anybody want to do better or more than you did? Amen? Guess what? Put order in there. Get some structure. Find some people that's already walking in what you want to walk in. And then begin to honor them so you can access what they got flowing down in your life. Because what you put on the, the, the head of Aaron is going to flow down the beard and flow down the garments. Well, I didn't got a ship come out. Well, you, 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 if your ship ain't come in, you ain't sent one out. But whatever you honor moves towards you. And gives you the ability to access. You know how you want to get really good with something? You know, a basketball. I can lower John's goal. Daddy can dunk on that three-foot goal and look real good. You know what I mean? But after a while, you get you ought to get tired of dunking on a three-foot goal. Raise it up to five-foot. Come on, somebody. Amen? In order for you to get better, you got to play with somebody that beats your tail all the time. To learn out what they're doing so you can access and change what you're doing and tweak it so you can get on that level. Does this make sense? This is more practical than spiritual. I understand it. You got to always honor the field to get the treasure. Yeah, but I don't like them. I, it don't matter if you like them. They got a treasure in there. You might need it, host. See, sometimes God will make you so an honorarium to show honor somebody. Now, sometimes it might not. There's many ways to give honor. But I heard tell of a guy that needed an $8 million loan on the church. He really did. Two years. Could not get any bank to finance him $8 million. He's so frustrated. He'd been everywhere looking for $8 million. 
He said he, he got a hold of the honor principal. And he said, I heard that T.D. Jakes was trying to pay off his building. I took everything that I had in our checkbook at the church, and I sold it to him. Guess what happened? Three days, got a phone call from an individual who says, I'll finance the whole $8 million for your building. What he couldn't do in two years on his own because he showed a little honor. Come on. God opened up something to him, and he had a loan in three days. See, some of you don't even believe in that. Stay like that. You know what I mean? See, we got people, we got a whole generation, especially in the South. Mom and Daddy, they are, they, they are with anybody wealthy or rich. John said they're not a daddy trained him. I mean, how many of you heard it? Boy, don't ever trust nobody in a suit. But if they got overhauls, you can believe them. Well, might be some truth to it, but that ain't going to work in New York or Chicago. Come on, somebody. You know what I mean? So while we sit at home sometimes complaining and fussing and running down leadership because they wealthy or got a nice home or a nice car or got stuff, that other person's probably studying, getting them some education, trying to figure out how to better their self and get some knowledge. And, you know, they, that, that's why they got what they did. And, you know, don't you understand for your situation to change? I mean, you got to change. We got to change right here. And if you don't change them children, hear them seeds of poverty that you're speaking in your house, and they're going to grow up just like you are. Embrace structure. Embrace it. It's good. You know? Not only do you honor other people to get the treasure, but do you understand, you got to honor the protocol of a business. you got to honor the protocol of a house that you go in. Now, see, I might come to your house, and you might have wood floors or tile, and you might say your shoes is welcome. You go to Miss Ruby's house, and she got carpet. You leave, she got a sign up there, leave your shoes on the door. Right, Mama? That's right. See, there's a lot of people that do that. So what do we do? You honor the protocol of the house. Why, you got nasty carpet, hers is clean. Come on, somebody. You're like, I don't know what happened. So carpet, I do. We trampled in the mud, and we brought it in the house. We, 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 we didn't have no structure. Just anything goes. <laughs> you got to understand, Walmart, great as they are, they have a structure. They have protocol. I'm talking about going to the next level. You honor that. Target, they got a protocol. Best Buy, they got a protocol. They got a way they conduct themselves. See, the Lord don't tell me and you in that book how to do every single thing in your life and run your good. Not everything. They some core values and principles. But for the most part, you've got to take that and figure out, here's what we believe. Here's the policy we're going to put in place. All God says was let everything be done decently and in order. That's his way. See, they got an order. And if you follow that order, that's how they can operate on them big levels. They got it down to a science, Right? You parking your buggy in my spot, that's, that's not following protocol. <laughs> Anybody beside me get tired of that? 
you go to pull up and somebody just happened to leave a buggy right there. And now you got to back that big old thing out and there ain't no room and people honking. And you could have parked there, but the buggy's there. It would have taken you nine seconds to grab that buggy and put it back in the buggy holder. Ram it in there. I don't care if you ram it in there. It makes you feel better. But don't park your buggy in my spot. Park it on a hill. The wind blowing, your buggy chasing my car. You're not going to get my treasure that day. I'm going to call your names and I'm going to get all in my field. Naylor, I'm going to need security to the car today. Don't pull yourself in a blue parking spot. That's for an old man in a wheelchair. Come on, somebody. Somebody that needs it. You be, you know, put in there and jump out. Man, I want to run over you. I do. And then back over. I mean, I, I, you know. It don't say this is for lazy people. It says handicapped people. Come on, that's the truth. You're going to get older one day. I don't know if it's happened to you. Boy, this happened to me. People rude today. I was in, where's we at? They're not Zaxby's. Zaxby's not expensive. We, we, we can go there two, two times a week or we can go to a nice restaurant once. Come on, somebody. So we can go to Zaxby's or Fazoli's. Anybody with me? Amen. Now let me see you exact piece of day cup where I'm going. You couldn't amen me. But I went there the other day, ordered my food, and stepped up to the window. And uh, my food, you know, we needed 17 sauces, you know, because 15 wouldn't do. So daddy gets up three times and goes back up. Or my food getting cold, y'all go ahead and enjoy it. I'll get you some sauce and some more drinks and any man with me. So I go up there, and this guy comes in all braided hair. You know, I didn't even think nothing about it. So she put, you know, I'm standing here. We got a four-foot counter, and she puts his food in the window. So I'm talking. Ma'am, can I have some sauce? He comes up. Sir, uh, yeah, let me interrupt. Uh, Y'all are talking over my food. Man, and see, I know what I'm preaching today. I wanted to larry at him. I really did. Now, what's rude is you talking when grown folks were up here talking. That wasn't rude, but, you know. God, I got to quit. <laughs> See, when you get 50, you just tell stories. I mean, it, you done seen it all. But see, we are trying to get away from personality-driven churches. Honor just doesn't belong to the pulpit, to the preacher. Okay? And I am one, so I can say it. But what we realize, honor belongs all out here in the pews. We've honored that so long that we didn't think this had no honor. And the whole thing that God's trying to do here is he's trying to create an atmosphere. Not only do we know how to honor the man and woman of God, but we also know how to honor each other. Because what we need is locked up in each other. And I want to access your treasure. Because it might be what I need. 
Does that make sense? I'm convinced that the Lord never wanted us to do life alone. Jesus in other towns was emptying out hospitals, getting pharmacists laid off, come to his own hometown and couldn't do nothing. Demons knew who he was, but his very own didn't even know it. So what do you say? What I'm telling you is you've got a treasure in you. You've got greatness. Every one of you in here has greatness down on the inside of you. And man, we need to slow down sometime. Have some time to friendship and share a meal. Laugh together. That's why I did that. Do you know when you laugh, it lets walls down? People start relaxing. Why? It just, it's just easy to do. The Lord created the whole thing. But every one of you in here is important to God. Every one of you in here has gifts and you have talents. Every one of you in here has something that this house needs, that your family needs, that your friends need, that your employer needs. It's a gift in there. And we want to honor you. I don't want to talk about your stuff at your weekend, man. I'm hunting the good stuff, the treasure down in you. See, I'm convinced coming up, there's a lot that I wrote off that had a whole lot of treasure because they didn't have my stamp of approval. And the Lord's like, you missed so much. I sent them for you. I wish you could have got it. He's good, and I get to retake the test again. But what I'm saying, you this leadership, this pastor, all these, we need you. Pastor John really is trying to create honor. Bethel has honor. That's why so many different ones speak, and they all get just as excited about because it's the word of God. It's not the delivery guy. It's the, the word of God, man. I'm trying to get the word in me. Why? Put some structure in order. Change my life. Because the truth that I know sets me free. You know? If you and I worship any different because the, the pastor's not here, something's wrong. Mad up are trying to pull that freight train. I mean, it's hard. And guess what you and I do? We can put a log on the fire. Amen. I just threw a log on the fire. I'll holler over here, hallelujah, I don't feel a thing. I'm mad and myself. Somebody probably showed out at Zaxby's with me, but you know what I'm saying? But I'm like, this would be a good place. The fire's getting, it'd be a good place to throw a log on this thing. Glory to God. Now I look over and see Cleve clap his hands over his head or, or somebody do something, you know, like, yes, amen. You know, and for a long time, yep, that's it, come on. And here we go, we barely got it going this morning. We, we almost on the right there. We got it going. We, thank you, Jesus. <laughs> Whew. We moved down the track. I don't know how far, but we moved it a little bit, didn't we? What I'm saying is we got to honor one another. Man, we come here to honor God, right? Give him praise. Do his name. 
Jesus had everything that they needed, but they failed to access the treasure because of their inability to recognize who he was and what he had. So you and I, God, open our eyes that we can recognize the gift, the treasure, and everybody else, even though it might come in a package that we don't really like or approve of. Is that okay? Stay on your feet today. Amen? I can tell you from my own life that the times that I have grown the most or the greatest blessings that have come in my life have been the times that I humbled myself And I honored other people. And I did it their way or God's way instead of mine. Trying to help somebody. God told me about three times between last night and this morning. They got a treasure in the field. I don't know, somebody, I don't know what you're struggling with. Maybe you've blown it and you've got a horrible past. Or maybe your field's all tore up. But I want to tell you, you still got value this morning. You still got a treasure in there that we need, that I need, the people around you need. Don't write yourself off. I don't know who's been through what the Lord does. But man, can't nobody be you. Can't nobody show your treasure like you can. Can't nobody display it like you. Because you know what you're good at. It comes natural for you. And the Lord just wanted somebody to know this morning, no matter how bad you think your field's all messed up, there's still goodness in you. He's not done with you. You still got good value. And I'm going to embrace structure. I'm going to embrace order in my life. I'm going to put some boundaries and limitations in place. Why? Not to hurt me, but to take me to the next level because life's going to flow out of that. Cover your eyes right now. Some of you are weeping when I was just talking about the field. Let me say this. I've blown it good as anybody in here. But you've got to understand, you're not a mistake. You're not a failure. It's not failure unless you quit. If you've been knocked down, get back up. There's goodness in you. The footsteps of the righteous are ordered of the Lord. You're not alone. If you're alone, find somebody. Go get with some people that you, that you connect with them. If you're not connected, get connected. You don't understand, I got offended, Junior. You don't know what the people did to me. It don't matter what they did to you. You need them and I need you. We all need each other. Raise your hands to heaven. I'm going to bless you this morning. Amen. He always told them in the Bible, he told them to always put a blessing on the people. And I just say, the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord, the Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace. Now, I want you to lay your hand on that neighbor and say this behind me. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you.
the Lord turn his face towards you and bless you. God bless you. We'll see you Wednesday night. Amen. Thanks for listening to this message. For more exciting content, visit our website at sparkswillfly.cc and connect with us on social media.